0: We want to look at microscopic view. I mean, distorted views. We looked at microscopic last week. Sorry about that. Distorted view. And now we're going to look at John. But before we look at that, I want to just do a little recap. I want to, first of all, look at the quote that we looked at last week. Because A.W. Toto says this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing to us. If you noticed last week, some of you were a little confused. By the quote that was told. Now let me just say this. The reason why you were a little confused was because it was old English, and that's just how they talked. So in other words, that's why it's, last week it said, What comes into your minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That's what it said last week. But before we even think about A.W. let's look at the Nicholas Rogers paraphrase, the NRP. And this is what you could just basically think about. What you think about God is the most important thing about you. That is the most important thing in life, is what you think about God. Because everything else in this world is going to what? Fail you. Everything else in this world is going to let you down. Everything else in this world is going to fade away. Everything else in this world is going to mean absolutely nothing. So when you see the NRP, this is what it means. Nicholas Rogers, paraphrase, okay? Y'all in? Yes? I don't know. I don't know. I just... You know, I'm just trying to get my stamp on it. Now, usually what I say is the NIV, Nicholas International Version, because, you know, but, you know, I didn't want to use that because someone may say that I'm very wrong for saying that, but, you know, I just want to throw the N in there, you know, work it together, but I'm international, so, you know, anyway, that's beside the point. Anyway, but this is what we can going to look at, all right? Tonight, again, I want you to think of this question and keep this in your mind. What you, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. That's how you can remember what that says. Now, before I go on, how many of you were confused last week about that quote? Sean, you weren't even here last week. Did you raise your hand? Okay. Huh? Nobody wants to raise their hand and say they were confused. Let's be honest. Who was confused? Thank you, Janika. You was confused. Now, has it cleared it up a little bit this week? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, we're going to look this week at John. But before we look at it, I just wanted to go through the introduction. If we're honest with ourselves, most of us have two primary beliefs about God. He wants me to be good, and He wants me to be happy. After all, it's what we strive to do and what we hope for. So surely God wants that for us too, right? But life has a way of messing with that God view. When things happen and we don't end up happy or the outcome isn't so good, we can be left wondering whether God cares about us at all. As a result, our faith can be shaken. Let me ask you a question before we go on. How many of you have ever doubted God? Why do we doubt God? Because what? Our circumstances. We go through things in life and we think... "Yeah, well, We look at the end. Okay. You know, we, we, look at, we, we go through circumstances, we go through all these problems in life, and that's what changes our whole God view. It changes everything about it Because when things are good, we praise God. When things start to go bad, what do we normally do? Blame God. But we know that the God, God never changes. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's the same God. So whether things are going good, He's that same God. Whether things are going bad, He's the same God. But one thing we could always hold on to is that God will never leave us or forsake us. It goes on and says this. When the God view we have doesn't get us through and doesn't line up with the things God has allowed to take place... We wonder the goal isn't about being good or being happy at all. What if we started to see God as bigger than our wants, bigger than the control we wish we had, and saw Him instead as the only one worthy of asking us to conform to His will? You know, I want to just tell you something that I like to always do. Because I think what we like to do in our lives is we like to tell God what we want. We go to God with our wants. We go to God with the things that we want. But I want you to think of it this way. I want you to think of a blank piece of paper. You know, we, we have things and we have deadlines and stuff we give you all the time to sign and that your parents sign. But I want you to imagine this, a blank piece of paper, your signature at the bottom, and you give it to God and say, God, whatever you want from me, I am willing to do. But what we'd rather do is we'd rather write our list and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Um, guys, I hope y'all looking at the Bible verses. You know, so please pay attention. You know, we want we want to give God our wants. We want to give God the things that we want and say, God, I want you to work with me. Instead of saying, God, whatever you want, I will do. And this is just a couple of points that we want to think about and look at tonight. We have one more piece. What if our view of Him was one? where we trusted because of and in spite of things He can allow and doesn't allow. Can your God view fit in a God who, know, who works outside the box, outside your desires, outside the realm of the expected? You see, what we like to do is put God in a box. We like to lock that box and say, this is all God can do. But we know that God is bigger than any box that we could ever put Him in. He's bigger than anything that we could do, but we'd rather put Him in a box and have Him with a small God instead of him being as big God as he is and we all know growing up in Sunday school we sing the song and now I hear it more now with my daughter growing up my God is so big anyway I won't sing anymore because I don't wanna kill the whole video that we're gonna show on the internet because that would be not good that's gonna be edited right Luke cut that piece out no okay anyway so we wanna you know when we think about this God is big we cannot put him in the box because he is too big So here's the the different points that we're going to look at. God's primary goal is not for us to be good. God does not just want us to be good. You know, for us, good is a lot of things. For us, me and you, we would say good is, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I've never had sex before marriage. That would be what we consider a good person. But let me tell you something, no one being good has ever got them to heaven. Secondly, God's primary goal is not for us to be happy. You know, we think that we're just supposed to be happy. I don't know about you, but the Bible I read and I study says one other thing. We are what? Going to what? As Christians, we're going to what? Suffer. I don't know about you, but I'm not happy when I'm suffering. You know, I'm not happy when I'm suffering. But I should be, because I should count it as joy, as James says, because of what God has done in my life. Thirdly, but when we live with these as the ultimate goal, and God does not deliver, our God view falls flat. Bam. Because we consider God small. Because that's what we think. Oh God, you just want me to be good. You want me to be happy. And that's all that matters. We get the I syndrome. It's about me. Once I'm happy, that's all that matters. You ever met anyone like that? When When you're in a group of friends and it's all about that person, once they're happy? You're trying to make plans to go somewhere. Once that person happy, everything else falls into place? Yeah. But that's not what God wants us to be. And the last thing is that God's primary goal is to be God. That's what He wants to be. He wants to be God. He wants to be, and He is God. But the question for me and you is, is He the God or Lord of our life? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. And tonight we want to look at John. And for all of us who know John, John was a very was put on this earth for a purpose. What was that purpose? John the Baptist, I'm talking about. What was that purpose? To baptize baptize people. To To be the forerunner of Jesus. What do you say? Prepare the way for Jesus. We could use so many words. He was there to prepare the way. He was supposed to come beforehand. We also know what? He actually what? He baptized Jesus. We know the event. He baptized him. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came down. It was a great event. But now we're going to look at a John with a distorted view now. Because here it is. John did all that. He saw the He saw all that happened. He knew that he was supposed to come and, and baptize Jesus and prepare the way. Be the forerunner. That even we know that John himself said that I won't even be able to touch the satraps of this guy's sandals that are coming. That's how important he knew that Jesus was. But now we see a different John in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. And this is how it goes. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Verse 2, and this is where we need to really understand what's going on here. John is now in prison. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Let me stop there. Here it is, John already went through and baptized. He just saw the heavens open, saw the Holy Spirit come down. Everything like this has happened. But now he's questioning. Basically saying, Are you the one? Or should I look for another one? Because here it is, because of John's circumstances, because he's locked up in prison, he's wondering if this was the right man that he was coming to repair the way. Because he's looking at the circumstance and saying, well, right now, I'm not happy in prison. Right now, this isn't what I expected. Because I expected if I'm coming to repair the way, probably life is going to be easy. I shouldn't have to worry about anything. I mean, that's what I would think. If I was John, I would think, you know what? My life is going to be easy. Because, you know, here it is. I'm preparing the way for the Messiah, the Savior of the world. I'm preparing the way. So why is my life going to be difficult? But we know that life was difficult. We know, how did John die? He had it. I don't know about you, but that ain't an easy way to go. we know because of, because of what God tells us in his word that we are going to suffer. And here it is in verse 3, he said to them, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? He is sending out his disciples to ask Jesus this. But here's the response in verse 4. And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Here it is, we need to recognize something. John, John is Jesus is telling John, look, tell him this is what I have done. I have done all these things. I have healed people. You know, We all know the miracle of Christ, what he did. But verse 6 is very key. It says, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me because this is the thing john did not really see all of it but we know that john had faith and believed in it for me and you in this room we haven't seen the miracles of christ yes we may have seen miracles happen in people's lives we have seen christ work in people's lives but we haven't seen the miracles that they saw you know and we know again as we looked at peter last week how much they doubted. Even though they saw everything, they still doubt it. But as for me and you, as we think of our lives, as we think that we haven't seen this, our faith is so powerful. We have never seen Jesus. That's why we have to have a special faith. How many of you have been asked the question, why do you believe in Jesus, who you cannot see? Anyone ever been, anyone ever been asked that question or how could you believe in someone you've never seen before? How many have ever heard that before? And what's your response? You just have what? Faith. You have faith. You have faith. You don't have a destroyed view, but you have faith. We have the Word of God. We know that this is what we lie on. This is everything to us. This is the truth. You know, as we think of Easter... If the resurrection ever happened, what does Paul say this is to us? Useless. But we know that we have a risen king. We know because of, of Christ's death and his resurrection, we have a risen king. And here it is, John. Basically, because of all that he went through, he's having his doubts. But we know that he, became, he was faithful even to death. We know for me and you that even though we go through these things every day of our lives, we know that we have a God that's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than anything that we'll ever go through. He's the one that we need to put our faith and trust in. And the question for me to tonight is this. Where is your faith? Do you have faith in God? What is your view of God? Do you have a distorted view like John did? where John was the person to prepare the way, and all of a sudden because of his circumstances, he wants to ask the question, Do I need to look for another one? No. But we have have everything we need to know right here. I just want to read something to you. Everything that Jesus mentioned is something most of us would call good, right? If you were blind and you received sight, you would be pretty happy, wouldn't you? Or if you had leprosy and you were cured, you would have a huge grin on your face all the time. You'd be happy. But Jesus' last statement is a contrast to all those wonderful things. God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Essentially, he's communicating that even if good and happiness things don't happen, the person who follows him, no matter what happens in life, is the one that is blessed. It's because of everything that we go through in life, because of our faith, that we will be blessed. And I know sometimes when people think of blessing, they think of financial blessings. Or well, that's what sometimes we hear on TV. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about blessings from God that one day we'll stand before God and we're going to have the answer for everything we did on this earth. You know, and I don't know about you, but I, when I go on Facebook and I used to go on my news feed and people put these things on there, like if you want to go to heaven. If you want to go to hell, just scroll down. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But they annoy me. And let me tell you something. If I ever see them, I ain't going to like it. I'm not going to share it. Does that mean that I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ? No. Because I know a lot of people who put these up, and they don't live for Christ. It's just because it's the thing to do. Yes. You know what? I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to like this. I'm going to share this. You know, I I just it just annoys me when I see it. If you scroll down you deny Christ, you know, you know, I'm like thinking really. But what is let me add a question. What is your life showing? What is my life showing? If someone knew nothing about me, would they see Christ in me? What would their view of God be by looking at me? So how do we apply this tonight? This is how we apply it. We have to learn to follow a God who is bigger than our expectations. We have to follow God that even when we expect something, we have to understand He could do greater things or He may not do what we want Him to do. God is not a video game. He's not a computer. We don't type to Him and say, God, this is what I want to happen. No. He has a plan for our lives as a believer. And His plan is for us to bring glory to Him. Whether in suffering, you know, and let me tell you something if anyone in this room think the Christian life is an easy life to live I got news for you it's not and it never was supposed to be easy you see I don't believe in scaring anyone to a relationship with Jesus Christ because I think it's a serious thing you know I could easily if I wanted to in a sense I know of an illustration where a pastor one time this is what he did to children and this is how sometimes we fool ourselves and we fool people he had two barrels up here. He had one here that said heaven, one that said hell. He was talking to some children, he said, if you want to go to heaven, come and bring your piece of paper and put it in the barrel there. If you want to go to hell, come and bring your piece of paper here. Now one thing I didn't tell you is, he lit this whole thing on fire, the hell, and everything. So he had this barrel of fire right here. This probably this nice, pretty barrel here with heaven and he said, bring your paper, put it in where you want to go. You see, that's the type of stuff that we hear today and we see. But I got news for you. That's not how you get to heaven. That's not how you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But you have to trust and believe in him. And recognize that even when things don't go the way that we wanted to go, he is still God. God doesn't just say, I want you to be happy. Or I just want you to be good. He wants you to be bigger than that. The times in life when when life seems the most out of control are the times when we need the most accurate view of God. Let me tell you, that last statement is so true for me. Because when life seems out of control, and I don't know what's going to happen, I have to believe in a sovereign God, one that's in control of it. And I can tell you, that's the only way that I get peace. It's because I know that I have a God that's in control. Whether it goes the way I want it to go or not, He wants it. He's, it's going the way He wants it to go. And that's all that matters. So the question is, do you have a distorted view of God? Or do you have a clear view of Him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you for, again, Just as we think tonight, as we think of John. Father, we know so many times in our lives we fail you. We know so many times in our lives that we doubt you. But Father, you are a forgiving God. You are a sovereign God. Father, you know everything about us. Father, you know the depths of our hearts, but you love us. And Father, I am so thankful tonight for your grace. Father, I pray tonight that if there's one here tonight that doesn't know you or doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that they would come to know you as Savior. That they would talk to one of the leaders and that we would be able to tell them how to know more about you and how to have a relationship with you. Father, I pray tonight there's one that's struggling with their relationship with you, that, Father, you would just work in their lives, that they would still come and talk to us. Father, I pray that you continue to be honoring us. pray that you would help us just to allow your Spirit to work in and through us. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. For all you've done, in Jesus' name, amen.